100% focused on only the things that were gonna get me to success and nothing else. So I was 100% focused on training, nutrition, sleep, and managing my stress. Welcome to the Winners on the Way Show. I am your host, Trent Clark, and this is episode 19 with Steeplechaser and Gaffigan focusing the journey. And as a former American record holder in the 2000 and 3000 meter steeplechase, ran the steeplechase for the University of Nebraska, and she won the 2004 Olympic trials when the event was just an exhibition for the women. And retired from competitive running in 2008, co-founded the website Women Talk Sports, and also has owned and run her own web development company, Gazelle Incorporated, since 2004, and shares her journey to success and what she went through. I love her quote, focus on things that can bring success. You will not want to miss in this episode one of two. Ann and I discussed the Olympics and challenges of being an exhibition year, career and passion, how she started her entrepreneurial journey and managing stress and focusing on things that bring success. Hi, this is Trent Clark with the Winners Find A Way show and welcome. We are so happy to have you here. I am the CEO of Leadershipity, international speaker, serial entrepreneur, longtime coach and professional baseball coaching in three World Series. And I am super excited to welcome my guest today, Ann Gaffigan. Ann, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. No, it's so good to have you. Like we've been planning this for a while. So I know. I'm super excited that we actually finally got together on this. It's it's yeah. awesome. And uh, and first of all, tell and tell them where they can find you. Where can people find you? I'm on LinkedIn. So search Ann Gaffigan. Can't miss it. And I'm on Twitter at Ann Gaff, A-N-N-G-A-F-F. Okay. That's the, where you can find two. me most of the time. Yep. That's, that's where they can find you. That's where that's where you're hanging. Yep. Okay, cool. For the Winners Find A Way show, uh, for our show, it is always about facing adversity, right? We, we're talking about, have you ever felt like your losses are mounting? You need to find a better way. Uh, you've been in a position and it's a struggle. And if you are looking to get out of that struggle, I think this is the right place. Whether you're already an entrepreneur, uh, athlete, business leader, Looking to start your journey to being elite, this is the place for you. And Anne's going to help us because Anne has been through a couple adversities. Is that fair? Sure. Maybe more than a couple. And <laughs> maybe more than a couple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Maybe more than a couple. So let's talk about meeting Anne Gaffigan. Uh, and for everybody, there's going to be a time at the end. So if you want to jump in with your QA, you got any questions for us, like please ask them in the chat. I'll watch it, monitor it, and we will do those at the end. So a few highlights I jotted down about Ann Gaffigan. Now, are you related to the comedian, of course, right? Yes. Um, our uncles are cousins. <laughs> and back before Jim Gaffigan made it big, he would use the um, family reunion email list to send out emails about his uh, shows he was going to do. And he wasn't big yet. And so I was like, who's this relative that thinks he's going to be a comedian and is spamming my inbox with his little shows. And then one day the email said he was going to be on Letterman. And I was like, oh, this guy's legit. And then I saw him <laughs> on Super Troopers and, you know, ended up getting to go to a show or two and, and meet him. And we figured out how we were related. So, uh, yeah, our grandpas are cousins. Yeah, that is so cool. OK, so. <laughs> 
You got all sorts of cool stuff about you, Ann. I, I so <laughs> you're also, you were the American record holder in the 2000 and the 3000 steeplechase. Is that right? Yes. 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 And then uh, you won the Olympic trials. You went to the University of Nebraska first, did your collegiate career there. Are, are, yes, are I you did. from Nebraska or where are you from? I'm from Illinois, Springfield, Illinois. Are you really? Yeah. The capital. All right. The capital, the home and, of Lincoln. Uh, so Springfield, Illinois, took you a little west, and now you reside in the Kansas City area. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Awesome. So um, super excited. So you, you've done this running deal. Let's just let's jump into that a little bit, right? Let's talk about the steeplechase. It's one of my favorite runs. Like, I, I love the way you had a great article years ago about what really is about the steeplechase like what it really is i read that article from like cover to cover right that was in wired in wired right? in wired yeah in wired magazine yeah That's being funny. a tech geek it was pretty cool to be in wired magazine but talking about my athletic pursuits like your cool. two passions right like yeah hey, it's yeah i'm a steepler and let's and i'm in wired magazine right yeah yeah it's awesome it's funny and, there i actually have multiple friends who are steeplers who are also tech geeks i don't there's something about it there's something so there's something about going into the water like after a hurdle that makes i you guess it doesn't sound logical tech. but there's a correlation i think <laughs> so what did remind me what you described in that article i should have pulled that quote in that article in wired you described the water scene you know in the steeplechase of just like you know chaos right like this is this is where great i think we watch like skateboarders and steeplers to see like what might happen in a couple instances and yeah i think i referenced nascar yeah it's better these days when i um when i first did the steeple in college it was the first year that they had it for women Yes. And so naturally everybody was doing it for the first time and the water jump was just really rough. I mean, yeah. it was just like, you never knew who was going to fall down in front of you or, or hit you from behind. And so everybody would always gather over there and kind of wait to see a crash. It's better now. Crashes still happen. If you want to Google men and women, you know, steeplechase water jump on YouTube, you'll find lots of people um, going face first into a barrier or into the water, but yeah, I love it. And it's true. Like you see some. So tell real quickly, what's the distance from the top of that hurdle to the bottom of the water? That drop is significant. What is it? Yeah, um, the hurdle for the women is 30 inches tall. Okay. The water jump, the pit is shaped like a wedge. So at its lowest right. point, I believe it's a meter. And then it gradually comes up to be even with the surface of the track uh, yes. after after 12 feet. So a meter plus 30 inches at the very highest so the concept is you know in addition to other hurdles on the track of course but on the concept on this is hit the top of that hurdle get somewhere mid mid of the water because you don't want to land right behind the water it's too dead the depth is too bad uh you're, you're gonna have a tough time getting out so you got to get out to, to lower how much water you actually have to land in Yep. So you want to land one foot in, one foot out. So first foot land in the water, which is a nice little cushion. And then you should be close enough to the end that your second step is out of the water. That's oh, the that's ideal. The, that's the concept and idea. Mm -hmm. And how yep. often does that work for you? Is it like you've got that nailed down like every time you could do that or no? Yeah, the water jump um, clicked for me pretty early. Uh, we practiced a lot into the long jump pit but it clicked for me. So that ended up being one of my strengths is being able to just, you know, jump up on that without much effort, uh, be one foot in one foot out on the landing. And 
I really credit my background in soccer. I had pretty strong legs, you know, it wasn't a big deal for me to do that in the middle of running hard. And I think for some people that was a, a big transition. You go right from, I mean, you're this college athlete and then you say, all right, like, Hey, I, I think I could take this to the next level. I mean, did you know right out of college you were going to go compete, uh, you know, on the, on the national level? I would say I knew going into college, but there were a lot of doubts that happened in there um, while I was in college. I mean, coming, coming into college, I was a star recruit and just felt like as long as I work hard, I can achieve anything, you know, go to the Olympics and set records and all of that, no problem. And um, I got a pretty good dose of reality right away of what that level is like. And um, I also dealt with just kind of some unknown reasons why I had some pretty bad seasons. Like I would, I would get a cough and have it for months or I just feel really fatigued and they wouldn't be able to figure out why. So it's, it's, it's the worst when you're not performing well and you can't figure out why, because there's nothing you can do to fix it. So I really struggled. I really struggled between sophomore and junior year, especially and coming into my senior year was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to end up doing here because I haven't done any of the things I planned on doing and then was able to turn it around for my senior season. So I would say it wasn't until my last race of my senior season, which was the NCAA championships, that I actually was like, oh, I'm this is not the end. I'm going to be able to keep competing. But until that point, I figured I was I was done. NCAA championships was going to be my last and I wouldn't I wouldn't be competing post collegiately. So. It kind of changed, changed really quickly. Yeah. So now let's, let's take that real quickly, right to that next level, which is how long after you finished the NCAAs is the Olympic trials? It was five weeks that year, which isn't always the case. Uh, This year, the trials were only a week after NCAAs, I believe, but in 2004, I had five weeks. Okay. So this was, so you were all trained, ready. Did you win the NCAAs? No, I got fifth. You got fifth Mm -hmm. and then went on five weeks later with all, with all the former college players, runners, all everybody. And you won the trials. Yep. I dropped 20 seconds step from my time too. So it was five weeks put to good use. Yeah. What do you attribute that to? Um, Many things. So I was on that trajectory. First of all, I started the season and every single race was just figuring it out, getting better and better. Um, So I was on that trajectory anyway. Um, At the NCAA championships, we had a prelim and a final. And so we raced twice. And so obviously the second time you race, you're going to be somewhat fatigued. It also was over hundred degrees in Austin, Texas. So I knew that the the weather was going to be better at trials. It was in Sacramento and it was in the evening. Um, And I also wasn't going to have to run a prelim before. So I knew my legs would be fresher. I also, right after the NCAA championships, got out of a long-term relationship. And it was such that a big weight was lifted off my shoulders emotionally. And Mm -hmm. I was able to just really focus on what I wanted to do and not worry about, you know, anybody else having a problem with that. And it's what I wanted. It's all I wanted to do. I was completely focused. And, um, I was also back to myself of high school where I really dreamed big and, um, believed in myself. It had taken the entire season, senior season to kind of get my mojo back. 
And so it was really a um, aligning of the stars for me. Has, was the male steeplechase run in the Olympics for years before that? Since the first Olympics, yes. No way. So, yeah. so the first Olympics, the steeplechase has always been run. So let's yeah. let's take you back to, and I'm gonna dive into the moment, right? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna review it. We're not gonna relive it. All right. But like <laughs> 2004, um, you just finished the NCAA's. You're fifth at the NCAA's. Five weeks later, it's it's the Olympic trials, and this is it. And there's this question of whether the Olympics would approve this and, and, and put it on the program for that year. So you win the trials, automatically making you an Olympian for the event. And then how, how, far, how long after that do you get the news like this is not, they're not going to do it? Winners Find a Way show is brought to you by data-driven operations powered by Journeys. Journeys is a software solution that helps you create a winning formula for your organization. DD Ops powered by Journey helps you act as one, see as one, work as one, play as one, win as one. Are you looking for visibility, coachability, and productivity amongst your team? DD Ops is your software. Click on the link in the show notes to learn more. I already knew. So the way that it works for an event to be added to the Olympics, it has to happen basically at least three years in advance. Okay. It, the process has to start at least. So first it has to be included in a number of uh, regional championships around the world, U.S. championships, European championships, African championships, et cetera. And then it gets added to the world championship program. And that happens every two years. Um, so and it basically, if it's not added to the world championships three years ahead of the Olympics, it's not going to get probably not going to get added to the Olympics. Okay. Um, because that's just how the process works. So we all knew going into that race that it was okay. an Olympic event and there was no chance of it being added at the last minute. So I knew that, but I also didn't go into the race. Well, I would say I did go into the race thinking that I could place in the top three potentially, but it didn't really hit me that in another year I would have been an Olympian until the race was over. And I had, I had won, I had set an American record. Um, it was the number two time in the world so far that year when I ran it. And so that's when it really hit me that, you know, if the event had been in the Olympics, I would have been a medal contender at that point. Yeah, right, right. And so for the year, it was that's a, not that's a silver medal for the year, right? Yeah. I mean, if you just go in and compete just like you had all year, I mean, lots of things can happen. Right. But I would have definitely been a contender. And so um, that's when it really hit me. And I would say that's probably the first time in my life that I felt like I wasn't able to do something that I was hindered by my gender. It just hadn't mm. happened before. I mean, growing up, I had played every sport I wanted to. There never yeah. was a, an issue. Um, and so I just kind of felt like that's not a problem for my generation. And uh, it just didn't really hit me until, until the race was over. So um, a lot of us steeplechasers that had been doing it in college and um, my freshman year in college was the first year that the women could do it. So it was actually in the NCAA well before it was in the Olympics. It was in the NCAA for the first time in 2001 for women. Okay. Um, it took another seven years to get into the Olympics. So when do you find it's, it's, it's added in 08? Is that the year it's added to the Olympics? Yes. 
That was the first okay. time it was up. So you it, find it, that it out. was approved in like 0506 is when it That's was right. Approved. So you find yeah. out it's approved in 0506. Yeah. What what's your competition status at that point in 0506? Are you training and getting ready or what what's yep. your I was. I was I was absolutely training. Um I did not make the 2005 World Championships was a team that we could have made. That was the first international team we could have made. I didn't make that team, uh, but I wasn't too far off of making the team. Um, and uh, yeah, I was, I trained thinking it's no big deal. I'll just qualify in 2008. And um, as any athlete will tell you that does Olympic sports, it's very hard to get things exactly right on one day yeah. and not have another chance for four years. Yeah. And so on top of that, um, the money wasn't there because we weren't an Olympic event. There wasn't a sponsor knocking down my door like they would have if I was the American record holder in any other event. So yeah. I very much was working and supporting myself. And who's to say that if I hadn't had to do that, I would have made the team, but it certainly didn't make it easier. So I was kind of splitting my attention for those next four years. And uh, when I got to the 2008 trials, I thought I was ready to go and had a good shot. And on the day of the final, didn't have my best day. And uh, plenty of women did, and, and I didn't make the team. Yeah, you know, we talk about this day for that day all the time, right? <laughs> like, and when you talk about four years in between, you know, we're, we're, we're talking near 1,500 this days for that one day that you have to be on to get in the trials. And then that one day in the Olympics, like there's just, there's just so much that has to happen. Yeah. That. It's amazing when I think about the challenge and the mentality, that's a big challenge too. And, and now did you study technology in college? I did. I was a computer science major. Okay. So were you already working in computer science had already started like web development company? You've already just started that. Yep. I had started my own company. Um, first started as a freelancer just so I had a flexible schedule so I could yeah. train as I needed and ended up, um, incorporating and, and running it as a business for over a decade. Wow. So this is how you're doing it. Your entrepreneur, you know, to, to fund the dream. Yeah. And that's part of the gig. Right. And so yeah. are you doing, you know, web dev from 10 PM to 2 AM while you got training time during the day? No, you gotta, get, you gotta get good sleep. You can't be doing that. No, I, I usually would, uh, do it more like between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. during the day and then maybe a little bit in the evening. Um, but my training would come in the morning and in the afternoon and I'd be working in the other hours. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes I was, I mean, I remember working from a hotel in Greece that charged us by the minute for an internet, a really bad internet connection. Yeah. And they kept coming in and getting upset with me that I was still in there because I think they thought I wasn't going to pay the the bill. And I was like, I'm going to pay the bill. I'm getting paid to do this work. I'm going to pay, I'm going to pay the bill. It's better than not doing it at all. So I've, I've worked in many different interesting places. That's for sure. I've worked on trains, yeah, obviously planes. I've worked in many countries and yeah. yeah, it was a good gig to fund the dream because of that for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I tell that, you know, to my kids now and I'm like, you know, that was the standard for us as athletes. Like we did our homework on the planes and on buses. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey man, you, you do it whenever you can. Cause it doesn't wait. Like, and nope. you, you can't sit there and go, Oh, well, I want to get back to my desk 
at my apartment or my dorm or like, that's not happening. Right. That wasn't an option. (laughs) Not an option. No. All right. So let's talk a, a few things about like, um, uh, I love the uh, the quote from uh, Chris McChesney and Sean McCovey. It says, winners when shown data that they are losing, find a way to win. You, you've overcome a lot of things in your life. Um, what about you when you're up against it, losing, found a way to come back, found a way down but not out. So talk to me a couple of times on that because you had some ups and downs through your university career. I mean, so you, you've been on both sides a bit, you know, super winner, right? Number one in the trials to – uh, you know, not finishing where you want and, and all of a sudden doubts creeping in, all those things. Yeah, I mean, I largely did not have a successful collegiate career until the NCAA championships my senior year. It was pretty average in some, some cases below average. So I had had a decent freshman year and then really struggled uh, for a variety of reasons. Sometimes I didn't even know what was going on with my body, um, just wasn't doing what I was asking it to do. Um, computer science was quite a workload. So, you know, there was a lot of stress associated with school and, you know, that had to have a priority as well. It wasn't one or the other for me. And, um, so, uh, I think a lot of things contributed to that, some of which are unknown. And so when I got, when I went into my senior year, I had not done any of the goals that I had assumed I would achieve. And I had set out to achieve setting school records, uh, winning big 12s. It was big 12 still Nebraska's in the big 12 when I was in college, yeah. uh, NCAA championships or even all America. I hadn't even qualified for the NCAA championships yet going into mm-hmm. my senior year, much less been an all American or, or, uh, or one. And I certainly wasn't anywhere close to qualifying for the 2004 Olympic trials, much less being a favorite to make the team. And so when I went into that final senior season, I really was just kind of at a a crisis in my head of who am I? Because, you know, all my life, you know, I had grown to where I thought I was this amazing athlete that was just going to accomplish all of these things. You know, everyone in my hometown seemed to know who I was. I was in the paper all the time in high school and I was a really good student too. And I was just, I was supposed to go do big things. And here I was just really, really struggling. And so I thought to myself, you know what, I just want to be able to look back on this year and say that I did everything I could. Yeah. Even if it doesn't turn out the way I planned, I don't want to look back and think we should have done this or that, or, you know, you were doing this wrong and I I didn't want to have any regrets. And I felt like I could at least control that. I could control that I was going to do everything that I knew to do. Yeah. And so, um, that's what I focused on. And I also focused on just let's start over. You know, if you, if you have a good race today, let's be happy today. And let's, you know, let's not think about where you thought you would be three years ago and, and just go from there. Yeah. And it worked. It really worked. Um, I got into my outdoor track season and the first race that I had, um, I said a little bit of a PR you know, but it was enough to, to make me feel like, okay, so I'm back to where I was as a mm. freshman. That's better than I have been, you know, in recent years. And then, um, that just kind of progressed. And I was hundred percent focused on only the things that were going to get me to success and nothing else. So I was hundred percent focused on training, nutrition, sleep, and managing my stress. And mm. so managing my stress meant the secondary thing I had to focus on was school. 
and making sure that I took care of the workload as soon as I could. So I didn't let it pile up and it didn't become a source of stress. So, um, all of those things, that was the only thing I focused on. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to focus on anything else really. Um, and letting other things creep in. So it worked. Um, and little by little, I was shaving time off of, um, my PR and, then there was this awards event. We have a student athlete of the year award event at um, the University of Nebraska. And someone had nominated me for athlete of the year. And I just submitted my essay and stuff, but thought like, I know who wins those awards every year. And it's not me. You know, I used to think that I was the type of person to win all of those awards, but it's not going to be me, you know, this year. I haven't, I'm not the one. And, uh, but I submitted the essay and did all of that. And, uh, went to the event and was surprised to hear my name called for that award. And I think I, I went up there and mumbled some kind of thank you. I was just so shocked. <laughs> and it was really a turning point for me because it reminded me that I can be that girl that I thought I was when I was younger or going into college and that mm. other people thought that too. Yeah. You know, so it just made me feel like, okay, there's hope here. Yeah. I have to start. I have to start acting like it. Okay. And so I, I would say almost every race that season when I shaved off seconds, I started acting like it more and more. Yeah. And thinking and thinking like it. Yeah, thinking like it. I love that. So so a couple of things I heard in that, which is you get really great. Um, so you know, one of the things that I've found success, I think similar to you, was always no regrets, right? Like, hey, I, I yeah. think if I just leave it all on the line, like Let's see what happens. And I'm okay with the results, um, which is so, in some people's eyes, that might be a lower of expectation, right? Like, cause we set all the, like, I say, I'm going to be all conference. I'm going to win this title. I'm going to win that. <laughs> like, okay. Well, like if I just put all those aside and do everything I can do and let's just let it fall wherever it goes. If it's, if it's all conference, if it's fifth in the conference, like whatever it is, I'm going to leave it all on the line and I'm going to, and I'm going to focus gonna on the journey results, mm-hmm. right? And, and I think a lot of people think that's lowering expectations, but I don't know if that's true because I think it's just because people like you and I, I don't think we ever just like lower the expectation. Like, oh yeah, well, I don't really care if I win or lose. <laughs> like that's never going to be the case. Right. Right. So, well, I'll tell you what, I think that sometimes setting those specific goals can be limiting mm-hmm. because if I would have gone into the senior season and instead of approaching it the way I did where I focused on the journey and instead focused on a list of goals. I don't think I would have put on my list that I'm going to win the 2004 trials and set an American record. That's right. Because it would have been insane to do that. And so instead I focused on the journey. And by the time I got to the trials, I had gotten to the point where I was letting myself dream about all right, what if you have a pretty good day? What if you have a great day? Yeah. What if you have an out of this world day? Mm. And the out of this world dream was setting an American record and winning. Yeah. I didn't tell anybody about it because I didn't want anybody to mess with my thoughts there. I was having fun thinking yeah. about it. So I didn't want anyone to bring me back to reality. Guess what happened? Yeah. I think- you know? So, I, I mean, sometimes you can limit yourself by, especially at the beginning, like, you know, I read this quote the other day, I think I posted it on LinkedIn. What you think is possible right now is a function of what you know right now. 
And so at the beginning of senior season, if I had set goals based on what I knew at that time, they would have been fairly limiting. Yeah. Come to find out. Right. Right. I didn't know that I wouldn't have known that at the time, but it would have been limiting. So, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in evolving what you think is possible and just making sure that you're setting yourself up to be ready for whatever opportunity presents itself, do all the things, be ready, um, you know, focus on that journey. And then you never know what's possible. You're going to find out, you're going to find out. You know, I love that. I love that. Uh, you know, we have like a little system I've had for years called the growth positioning system. And when we, you know, pro sports is all these trials, right? It's just trial, especially baseball. Cause you come in minor leagues, you know, and, uh, I coached a, another Nebraska guy, Darren Erstad, right. And you go along these trials and tribulations and it's really about being in position for the next opportunity is very important. And I think a lot of people are challenged with that because it's, oh, well, that doesn't fit my narrative or what my goal says or what my agent says I should be doing by the end of this year. What if I should make the all-star team or if I should get a bump to this level from A ball to triple A, I'm going to dump, jump double A. And like, wait a minute, like if you just go out and be the best you can be, um, you position yourself and especially that mentality, once players would hit like that double A level or higher, you mm-hmm. are one injury away from the major leagues because they'll go like, oh, well, we got Gaffigan down there. She's great. And we got Trent. He's kind of an old guy at AAA. I'd rather go with young Gaffigan who's got potential. We know what Trent has, like, but Ann could be the next 10, 12 years, you know? And so all of a sudden they'll, they'll pass somebody to go with young talent and, and develop them a little bit there. And so mm-hmm. you have to be mentally ready. So you're positioning yourself all the time for, for that growth. And I don't think organizations do it. I don't think individuals do it very well. And they don't see like, wow, am I ready for when it comes? And by, by being in that journey every day, I think as much as it helps you see opportunity, it also lets you know what's not opportunity. Like, Hey, is this really where I'm supposed to be on my journey? Because that kind of looks good, but if I really did it and really thought about it, that doesn't fit my narrative and the direction I'm on. Right. Why would I why would I bend the course here? Thank you for joining us for another Winners Find a Way show. I am your host, Trent Clark. If you love this episode, share this episode with your friends and Follow us on whatever podcasting medium you're listening to. If you want more content from us, join us at leadershipity.com or the Leadershipity YouTube channel. You can find us on all the social media networks at either Trent M. Clark or Leadershipity. For our award-winning workshop, Win With Great Teams, you can find that page on LinkedIn as well as our corporate page, Leadershipity. If you want to win more it starts with you today. Say it with me now. I have what it takes.